Welcome to the Seattle Central College Podcast. Good afternoon. I'm Ruth, and I'm here with my co-host, Jack. And we're here with our lovely moderator, Lonnie. Lonnie Martis, the man, the myth, the legend, the icon. Absolutely. And we're happy to have you here in the uh, middle of April 2016. Yeah. And a lot's going on, Jack, right? Yeah, spring has sprung. Spring has sprung. Absolutely. The weather is beautiful. We've had some amazing days. I know you were able to celebrate. Uh, you know, we try to be outside whenever we can. And you were yep. able to celebrate last week by going to opening uh, or, or one of the first nights of the... Yeah, uh, it was the uh, the second home game of the, Mar- the, second yeah, home. Of nice. the Mariners uh, opening home stand against the Oakland Athletics. Oh, love it. Yeah. Love yeah, it. and uh, it was a lot of fun, uh, but they did lose, and that was uh, oh. that was kind of depressing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. and yeah. so I mean, the M's have been up and down for, for they've been down more more not than not lately. But yeah. how do you feel about this season? Well, oh gosh, it, it's such a mixed bag. You know, it, it's bizarre because you have this this uh, opening day optimism that comes with every year. Everyone thinks, oh yeah, this could be our year. Like, yeah, like yeah, all the projections, yeah, yeah, things yeah, could yeah, go yeah. well for us, but then. The Mariners, I mean, it's hard to bounce back after opening the season in your first 10 games with having a five-game losing streak. You know, the Mariners are just abysmal offensively. Again, and the pitching, the bullpen is imploding. Peralta is having rough outings night in, night out. Uh, Benoit's hurt. Um, Uh, You know, Paxton is injured off and on. Like, all all the promising Mariners pitchers seem to just falter. Like uh, the minute the minute they're put to the test, they're like, uh, I'm decrepit and antiquated, and they fall apart. Oh, I I, I feel you. So I don't know any of the details. Mm. I love baseball. I have yeah. I'm not following it this season. Um, you know, I I have not following sports as much as I'd like, but I would love, like to know your opinion because um, you talk about the bullpen. So mm. I come from Detroit, which which has not you know, despite our postseason appearances, whatever lately. Yeah. I have not loved any of our teams lately. Really? I love a lot of our players. Okay. I, I, some of my players are near and dear to my heart. Right. Miguel Cabrera is... Oh, is, dude, the is, Triple Crown is winner. Is the Bowser of, of Mario is, is the Wow. Baseball. I had never heard that comparison before. Bowser, but that makes a lot he of sense. He is Bowser. Yeah. But uh, the, our pitching has always, lately, has been on the uh, high contract expensive ace side yeah. and no bullpen support it, we, versus like the Royals where they have guy after guy after exactly, guy. Exactly. So yeah. how, what is it like here in Seattle? Is it, oh, would gosh, you describe wow. it? it? It's like I said, it's such a mixed bag because uh. you, you have these, these, uh, these uh, revisionist strategies like, uh, you know, survey is coming in and, and DePoto are, are working with the, the farm systems and their scouts and they're trying to get so the bullpen in order. Ah, right. Ah. So there is a lot of focus out there, but we still want to sign the guys that could be potential ace starters down the ah. road. But it seems like Felix and Iwakuma and Walker and Miley and, yeah. and Carnes and Paxton, all these awesome pitchers should be able to put it together, and yet they don't. They, they get obliterated in the first three innings. They always have one bad inning that just comes back to bite them. And even if they do pitch a good game, like Felix had a great game the other day yeah. uh, at home against the A's. It was the third game in the series. And it was the classic one-run lead for, for Felix. And then we give up a run in the eighth. And then uh, after that, we blow it in extra innings. Uh, Th- things like that. Like hard. it's Even when a pitcher has yeah, a good yeah. game for the Mariners, our offense doesn't back it up. Exactly. So many pieces have to fall into place. Yeah. So uh, my heart is with you, my friend. The thing about baseball is a long season. Yeah, well, long I mean, so baseball get, baseball is uh, is about overcoming failure. Yes, more sir. often there than not, go. because there if you, you fail seven out of ten times as a hitter, you're a great player. <laughs> you know, it's it's amazing. <laughs> I love it for sure, for sure, and it's just one of those things. It's baseball teaches so much about life. Mm. There's just endless lessons in there about you know what. Uh, but one of my favorites is like you know when you're down, 
you're going to be tempted to swing for the fences. Yeah. But when you're down, just get on base, man. Yeah, do one thing at a time. Do one thing at a time. Do something that you can easily accomplish. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I love it. So, yeah, uh, for you, Jack, and for all those sports fans out there, wishing you a great uh, great season. And, no, it is lovely. And, I mean, this uh, with the summer coming and the warmer months coming, yeah. I know that you're uh, – this fall, we're really excited for you. You're heading out to the, the eastern part of the state. The Palouse, the, that's the Palouse, right. To, yeah. Uh, study at one of the uh, – country's foremost schools for journalism we're really mm-hmm. excited yeah but in the summer months what, how do you want to kind of spend your last summer uh before you move out there for a little while What's getting outside um outside. E- exploring some of the natural scenery yeah because uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm planning on living in pullman for about two years you are yeah and, so and do you plan on coming back here or? yeah ideally okay. so it's but not, it's not a farewell to this place it's just for a little while you yeah. want to soak up some of the Exactly. I, I mean, there's, there's. A, I saw a post on Facebook recently, and it was basically talking about how Mount Sai is not the only mountain you can explore with the mountain trails and that Ooh. sort of. Yeah, and I, I didn't re- even read the article to be <laughs> honest, but um, I do think there's a lot of cool natural back roads that oh, people can check time. out. You know, yeah, yeah, little yeah, spots yeah. here and there. I mean, I went down to the Ballard Locks recently. Oh yeah, dude, it's saying. gorgeous down oh, there. Beautiful. Yeah, I love. The, oh. It's phenomenal. There's, even the park too. It's just so serene. It was peaceful. You know, you get you get to walk across the lock, see all the different levels of water and oh, weird fish. little things like that. You walk on the Magnolia side, and there's this cool lookout, you know, through the the strait out into the bigger Puget Sound area. Totally, no, yeah, we, great vantage points. The, the thing, the thing of I, um, so I think, in my heart, I feel Seattle is more of a smaller city. Really, I don't, okay, I don't, yeah. Seattle to me is not big city. Like I come from tr- Detroit, and Detroit never felt big. Detroit's like expansive you know there's all this empty space yeah yeah but like for me us like going to the big city was like going to chicago okay that was yeah. like the big right. so for me seattle's not big like chicago's big but okay. it's like endless in terms of like the spots to like discover a new vi- vantage point totally or like yeah. a new i don't mean like a new store or a new place to spend money right i mean like a new like natural phenomenon or just something even uh, something someone created it it's totally just, a place to enjoy your time yes you know yes, where you're not yes, burdened yes. by the financial compromise that comes with going into a store and feeling compelled to buy exactly yeah. exactly it's like a place just to be and yeah. there's like and, and so the place talk about the ballard locks is yeah. just so beautiful um there's a place like at the root i'm sure you know in fremont at the root of like the aurora bridge yeah right by the like just south yep. of the there's like a bench there but it's just so beautiful there's just like around the burke gilman it's just like gorgeous well yeah the burke gilman i mean there's oh, a ton yeah, of there's yeah, a ton yeah. of vantage points on the ship canal oh uh, my god right and, it's you know, just, it's, yeah. and lake union is gorgeous as well lake washington i mean you've got all these different beaches you can go out to wedgwood and there's like a oh, bunch of coastline and little it. nestled spots that are virtually untouched by people outside of the wedgwood neighborhood totally you know and wedgwood's not even that big of a neighborhood we were so there's wedgwood not before. yeah exactly well, how much uh, it's, yeah, how it's groovy but wedgwood like, is kind of like a hidden gem for me in the city of Seattle. Not many people really talk about it. When people talk about, you know, famous neighborhoods in Seattle, you got Magnolia. So you got the Magnolia Boulevard. You got Queen Anne. So you got Cary Park. Also Magnolia and Discovery Park. And then in Ballard, you got the Ballard Locks, obviously in Golden Gardens, which is one of my high school stomping grounds. Oh, for sure, for sure, for sure. Oh, I bet, man. A lot of uh, half-remembered nights at Ballard, too. (laughs) It it was a good time. but uh, And a lot of fires, man. I I perfected my pyromania there. Ah, I love it, I love it, I love it, for sure. Yeah, and it was so much fun. And Alcott, I mean, you've got oh, Alcott Beach in West Seattle. Yeah, yeah I mean, you could go on the other side. And just, there's so many great outdoor spots for Seattle and the Puget Sound region. Definitely. And, and people just need to go there, and then they understand why it's Definitely. that cool. And, and it's like there's, there's so many 
uh, spots and parks and opportunities, and it's like it's so dense. Yeah, it's not this. Um, you know, the Midwest is very barren. Oh, okay. There's a lot of drive. You know, the Midwest is very much like I'm gonna drive 90 minutes <laughs> to go from one town to another. Yeah, and in the middle is just kind of nothing. Well, it's Whereas, very it's very flat too. Very flat. And Where here in Seattle, we have a lot of varied terrain. So you get these lookouts, yes. you get these different it's, levels of elevation, things to look at. Compo- yeah, you know, it's and, just beautiful. And the sure. thing I really love about Seattle is at, on top of every hill, there's a unique vantage point. Every time, single man. hill yes. is a different perspective. Yes. And people want to complain about hills if they're a biker maybe or if they're walking all the time. I don't Even know. I, some, I know my, my, uh, my significant other, Jessica, but she is a flatlander. But she complains about the hills all the time. And I'm like, I don't think you get it. Uh, the hills are the cool thing about this city. Big time. Yeah. So I had uh, my uh, – actually, the, a girl, the girl, one of the first girls I used to date back in high school came to visit last week. Oh. And we were going up and down. We went to we – went uh, Golden Gardens, and it was just beautiful in the sun. Nice. And it was just it was perfect. And um, yeah. we're walking around, and I was kind of saying, like, when I first moved here, the hills were kind of like, oh, man, this hill. And then it becomes like, this hill. <laughs> like, yes. Number one, I love, like, I like moving my body. Yeah. I like, I like, I like going, I like the physical feeling of going yeah. up the hill. Like, it's not. Well, it's like, exhilarating. It, it, it's exhilarating. And, like, it feels like when you move. If you don't move and you have to exercise, it feels like crap. But when you move your body, your body's like, it rewards you. Yeah. It's like, yeah, this feels good. But then, like, you get to the top of the hill, and it's like, in Capitol Hill, you can look down at the Space Needle and see yeah. the advantage. But if you go over the hill, you have you can see, like, Washington. Totally. Or, like, from Wedgwood. Yes. Or, like, in Magnolia, if you're looking down at the sun. Mm-hmm. And it's like, everywhere you go, a different hill is a different vantage point, like you're saying. Totally. And it's just like, you know. There's treasures everywhere. Totally, sure. man. And and it's all free. Yeah. That's uh, the best part about it. Like, you just have it. to walk it, around. It. Amen. Amen. And, and I think a lot of that is missing in a lot of uh, major urban areas that I've visited mm, is, the, is the different vantage points. Sure, sure, you've got one, two, or three really good spots where you get this awesome panoramic view of the city or the surrounding and landscape. Everybody knows. Whatever, yeah. yeah. But yeah. it's overcrowded. It's flooded with people. And you never get that serenity that you can find in these isolated pockets here in the I Northwest. Love I love it. I love it, man. Yeah. For sure. And that's why I, I mean, all the things we're saying is why I love Seattle. Like the, all the ingredients and the fact that it's not like overcrowded, overpopulated. Totally. Like yeah. I can go to Pike Place on a weekend mm. and actually shop. Yeah. I don't, I don't like, you know, but it's like that. If I have to do vegetable shopping, okay. I know that it's like there's a place here. It's like it's central to everything. Yeah. You know, there's so many more closer to me. Yeah. But, you know, I, you know, I live, uh, I live in North Seattle, and so there's okay. stuff in the U yeah. District. There's farmers markets in Ballard that are world oh, yeah. class. You know, I mean, yeah. there's just everything. right on Ballard Avenue. There, there's one uh, right through. Uh, I think it's uh, it's McGraw Street uh, in Magnolia, oh, in, in Magnolia. Yeah. right right in the a, middle of the Magnolia yeah, Village. That. Yeah, That's Queen Anne's market. got there's their own thing. I think yeah. on Queen Anne Queen Anne Ave. Oh, big early yeah, early yeah, yeah, near, yeah, yeah, nearby. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and all these different neighborhoods that are, are frequented by people, you know, sort of west of the Aurora Bridge. Um, yes, there's yes, there's all yes, sorts yes, of little yes. farmers markets that sort but, of thing. For sure. Yeah. I mean, it's just there's so much here, and so maybe a question for us both, and a question yeah. for you, sir, yep. is, you know, if you think about all the things that Seattle has, yeah, and you're gonna kind of you, you plan to move away and come back in a little bit, mm-hmm. what could it add? What could Seattle add that would make it better? For you. For so, me. So let's yeah. be selfish. Okay. And not think about, you know, because mm. I think like, you know, well, free public housing yeah. and free <laughs> clean water for, yeah. would be great. But for you, what would make it? Being the selfish uh, sports fan that wants all things to go well for Seattle yes, sports sir. fans, I want the Soto Arena to be built. 
The Soto Arena. Tell me, I what, want that thing to be constructed. What is I that want. Be? Well, it's it, there's all sorts of blueprints. People have been talking about remodeling yeah. Key Arena. Chris Hansen is uh, working with like the Seattle City Council and, and like the state government. Like yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. And people have been talking about building this arena for a long time to attract an NBA team, and an NHL team. See, Seattle is probably like the, I'm not sure what the specific number is, but the 11th or 12th largest metropolitan area in the country. No and kidding. all these other these other cities have like four or five major sports that's fran- a, that's, teams. So that's like yeah. the hallmark. It's like we have f- all four, like, yeah. you know, so Detroit or like uh, maybe Phoenix. or Well, I mean, Chicago. Chicago, yeah. So what are you bragging about? You know, I mean, out when Detroit brags, I'm just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's, but, it's but funny because you, you, would, you would want a basketball and hockey team is what you're absolutely, saying? Absolutely, man. I, I, and I'm not even that big of an NBA fan or an NHL fan, but really? I guarantee you I would follow those leagues more if we had the Sonics and maybe like the Thunderbirds or, or whatever oh, the Seattle Totems awesome. were were the original NHL team and I think they actually won uh, the first uh, national hockey championship. No kidding. Or, yeah, yeah. Ah. Which is bizarre because where do you have space to practice hockey in the well, Northwest? So, so I love it. So I have a question for another question. For yeah. You. Growing up here. Yeah. So uh, I grew up playing soccer, baseball, traditional yep. sport, but we also had kids who played hockey from youth yeah. because there's a so. Growing up out here, what sports did you play? Like, did you really get into? Really got into um, baseball. Was baseball the biggest was one your guy? Yeah, ah, yeah. Okay. baseball was the first one. Um, I played that in preschool. I, I have really? me- some of my earliest memories are playing with the big orange bat and the wiffle ball out on field one in Magnolia, like right oh, next to my bay, daycare. Down, no, 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 field in one, field one, oh, uh, right next to Karen's in, place in playground, the, oh, right next nice. to the community center. That's awesome. Yeah, but some of like I remember wearing. Yeah. It, this is bizarre because you're from Michigan, but a Michigan T-shirt. It was navy blue with the maize lettering. That's awesome. And like playing with the orange bat and like hitting the ball and just feeling so exhilarated when I made solid contact because yes. that bat i i don't know if you've ever played with that orange bat that wiffle ball bat it's, but like, a little, it's like a little uh, hollow inside yeah so and it's huge can... huge barrel so anyone can get a hit but it makes that huge bang Boom. sound yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah, you're yeah. just like oh i got a hit even if it's not flying any more than 10 feet it's just it feels good but yeah i remember yeah, running yeah, around yeah. and like diving for balls and totally missing them and and just I love but it. just having a great time yeah man and that's where my love affair with baseball actually started and uh, baseball was like the biggest thing in my life when i was in l elementary school and that sort of thing biggest thing so yeah. uh, baseball is that a spring sport it is but okay, uh so i tried you... to play year round yeah uh indoors just like throwing tennis balls off the wall practicing ground balls playing like forcing nice. people to play wiffle ball with me and nice, just like nice. demanding that we play baseball and all this stuff just because i i was addicted to it i was like so fixated on playing that's, baseball yeah that's no f- phenomenal for sure i yeah. mean um, did that continue? Like, did you play uh, in middle school, high school? Like, yeah, uh, I tried to. Um, I played for uh, a select team from ages 13 to 16, um, and then I tried out for the. Uh, it, I went to a Bishop Blanchett High School, and there it's a thousand kids, so they no didn't, kidding. Yeah, they didn't have enough um, uh, players for a varsity, JV, and JVC, which is a freshman squad, right? Huh. So I tried out, and I made the JV team. As a freshman, which was pretty awesome. awesome. And at the end of the year, my coach told me, All right, over the summer, just hit the weight room, man, and you're gonna be fine. At this time I was probably like five foot five. I was really short and it was huh. probably about hundred and ten pounds. Yeah. Really small kid. Um, and I 
Didn't go to the weight room over the summer, didn't, but I played a lot of baseball with my select team and we traveled around and I thought I was getting better and okay. I thought I was doing well. Yeah. And I went into tryouts really confident and feeling good about myself and I was like, oh, I'm going to be a starter on JV this year and junior year I'm going to play for varsity and all this stuff. And then yeah. I got cut, man. <gasps> I got cut when I was 16 years old and what? my coach pulled me out of class. My former coach pulled me out of class and he said, we don't think you are strong enough or going to be big enough to play varsity baseball at a high school level. Before the announcement like came out that I got cut, he's like, you, you didn't make the team. And I was like, are what you was, kidding me? What was that like? Oh, dude, like I can't describe how sick to my yeah, stomach I felt. Just, just hearing it. Yeah, well, just like happen. a 16-year-old kid that is in love with this game for 12 years yeah. of his life and just so enamored with it for so yeah. long. And then somebody's like, you're not big enough to so, play at a high school level. And then you're like, whoa, I have to do something else now. <laughs> yeah, like I played select for the rest of that summer, and I enjoyed myself. I played really well, um, and I pitched well, and I started uh, growing a little bit, but I didn't hit my growth spurt until after that. And then You did hit a growth spurt, I, I did have so a growth what, spurt, okay. and so by the time I graduated, I was like 6'3 and still growing. And I just, I was just like in the back of my mind, I was like, man, this, this guy said the reason I couldn't play baseball was because I wasn't big enough, you know? And like, I knew I'd be throwing harder, like the older I got. So what, I mean, so yeah, what, like, so that, someone says that to you. Yeah. Someone says you can't do something. Yeah. And what, I mean. Well, at that point, you first evaluate what you're going to do next. You know, after you get over the fact that somebody told you, you can't do what you love anymore. You know, that sort of thing. And then once you yes, get over it and recognize that the world is full of possibilities, oh, holy crap, this is this is small potatoes, man. This doesn't matter. Way to be, man. Like, like the second you realize that there's more to the world than sports, it's like the minute the world opens up for you. Oh, like, especially for a kid that was just, like, so fixated on sports his entire life. Yeah, yeah, You know, yeah, and I still yeah, love yeah, sports. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. and in high school, I was the, uh, I was a sports journalist for my newspaper as a junior in high yeah. school. And then as a senior, mm -hmm. I was a sports editor and I wrote a sports column every single year uh, or every single month for the entire year. That's awesome. Yeah, and, and I really loved it. And, I, and it's funny now, looking back on it, like I'm, I'm 24 now and I look at the, what the 18-year-old me wrote about sports and I'm like, this kid is so sure of himself, but <laughs> he is writing garbage. Like, no like way, it's just no way, completely no critical of my former I bet self. I there's gold there. No way. Oh, uh, may, may, well, the one thing that is gold is when is I said yet? that um, my first column was I said that booster clubs should not be a part of high school sports. They shouldn't have an impact on high school sports. And just today, front page Seattle Times, Bellevue football boosters paid for private school tuition for their best players to get a diploma at a school of their choice, and then basically break the district zoning laws that allowed them to play at Bellevue High School instead of their neighborhood school. No kidding. Yeah. And, I, and I'm like, I called this. Like, I'm sitting years there ago. like, yeah, yeah, yeah 8 yeah, o'clock yeah, in this yeah, morning, yeah, just yeah. delirious, barely awake. I'm like, I called this years ago. For and, sure. But I just, it's bizarre because, like, I don't think I would have had that perspective about high school sports if I hadn't been sort of disillusioned with the whole high school sports organization. Uh, so I started picking out flaws as a way to like sort of cope I and get it, back man, at it. Yeah, sure, it was weird. But it, it was a weird coping some... mechanism is just to well, find flaws I mean, in the I thing mean, that, you know. coping mechanism or like a sign of maturity. Maybe. Sign I, of immense I, strength. I don't know that any 17-year-old is a, is a mature individual. Well, hey, but, man, I mean, if it comes to, you know, I know how to cook and clean at seventeen, but mm. but but someone who responds that way with such um, 
That's grace, let's say. Yeah, that's real uh, poise. Uh, so yeah. that's, that's awesome to hear. Yeah, sure. well, I mean, uh, I was just looking for something to do at that point, you know, because you're kind of kind of open to a lot of different possibilities once you remove yourself from your obsessions. You know what I'm saying? Good stuff. Yeah, so there, there's a silver lining to all tragedies, I think. I love it. Yeah. I love it. No, for sure, for, for sure, for sure. Uh, but the fact that you're able to still be in touch with the uh, thing that you love, you know, because if you had – if your coach had recognized your greatness at the sport mm. and you would have been a four-year letter person and whatever, yeah. maybe you would have had that opportunity to have the perspective you have, yeah. which you know, not just affects your life, but many p- people who read your writing. So, you know, so who knows? But uh, for sure, I, um, I love that. I don't know, you know, Seattle has an amazing football team. They do. And I love the <clears throat> game of football, but I don't, I know that a lot of parents, and I might even speak for myself if I yeah. had children, would not want their children playing a contact sport like that oh, with a concussion. Completely. And so I, I uh, well, would... my dad actually has a saying. Uh, he didn't let my brother and I play football really? in high school. Yeah, he wouldn't let us do it. And he said, "Yeah, we don't use the F word in our house, football." Yeah. And what's funny is he also says that he attends the <laughs> Church of the NFL. <laughs> so so no, man, talk, can... talk about a weird I, paradox I, I, in a household. I, I if. I remember uh, I was at a, a 12-step meeting a while yeah. ago, and people were talking about like religion. And in my mind, I was like, I follow the church in baseball. Yeah. Straight, dude, I love that church. I I, uh, <laughs> like, I attend what, every year. I worship at the altar. You know? of, yeah. like, I believe in, yeah. yeah. It's like opening day is my Easter, you know, and the World Series is my Christmas. <laughs> for I, sure. You know, for I, sure. I'm definitely a devout follower. For sure. You know? and, uh, and I'm rubbing eye block. I I black, I black. Uh, in a cross on my forehead. And or actually, it's a baseball bat, and it, it, it's not. A it's cross, a, it's an ash Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Just to, yeah. No, for sure, I love it. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Um, growing up, uh, is your dad still a little more football than? Oh yeah. Um, my dad knows more about football than he does any other sport besides racing. He's uh, he's obsessed with cars. Yeah, the men in my what family kind of have their like obsessions, NASCAR, right? Uh, Formula well, One, uh, NASCAR is kind of like the tabloids of the racing world, if you really think about it, you know. And and F one is like literature of the racing ah. world. If you're making like a, a you know a word it. comparison with you know race car driving, sure, sort sure, of thing. sure, 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 sure. Um, so he follow will follow NASCAR, uh, even though he claims that all the races are fixed. Um, ah. But he he does love uh, watching uh, Formula One, and I remember growing up in my dad's house watching Formula One with him all the time. Really? Yeah, and that was my introduction to the sport, even though I didn't really find it that interesting. I mean, but as I've gotten older, I can ask him anything about cars yeah. or his op- and he'll just give me this opinion that's well thought out, considered and encyclopedic with its accuracy. That's awesome. Yeah, For, it's he, remarkable. It must, it, I bet he's like excited because like He's probably put a lot of time and thought into it. Yeah, and the fact that you're like, asking well, and, him, yeah, and somebody asks him questions, it's like, oh, yeah, let yeah. me tell you. you know, yeah, exactly. That's, that's cool. Do you also like race? I mean, you said not in the. Th- I I have nowhere near the depth of knowledge that he does about uh, the sport, so I don't think I could ever appreciate it the way he does. But I still enjoy watching Formula One every once in a while. I but I can't that. watch it for more than like twenty five minutes. No, I, well, I, I love I love that because you know what? Like, I I love hearing about that because I I strive to be a person. Who can find the beauty in anything? Huh. Like there's the divine in everybody. Yeah. In every endeavor. Yeah, well, I think that's kind of like a coping thing. You know, that's that's a defense mechanism to make yourself feel good about a, a bad situation. I mean, that's a survival tactic, right Maybe, there. Maybe, but like even to recognize to to make myself feel good, but but even if I don't feel good, but just to recognize that there's something there. Mm. Like even if I haven't spent my life learning how to like knit. 
or making drums. Yeah. Making drums out of like human skin, let's say. <laughs> I can still recognize that there's a skill and there's a, there's a way to do it. Okay. And it's like, you know what? Yeah, we've learned that we, after you kill a person, you don't make a drum out of their body right away. You wait until you've cured it for whatever it is. Like I'm saying, I'm removing my own kind of, yeah. my own kind of desires and biases and saying, like, no, there is in any craft or endeavor or um, pursuit, uh, interest, hobby, yeah. there's something to respect. Yeah. Someone's. Someone's putting their time. Not that I have to. Not that they're all equal. Someone yeah. who's collecting bones in their basement yeah. is, is is different than someone collecting sports cards. You know, maybe. Or are they? Because <laughs> they're both like creative hoarders. Yeah, if you really yeah. think about it. I got I got a wishbone. Yeah. Just like a Mickey Mantle. <laughs> yeah, there yeah, you yeah, go. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. and it's what's interesting is there is a weird trend and phenomena for people to sort of get mm. fixated in one avenue of their life and then block out all others. You know, people are really good at being creative hoarders. Like I use that term, but that describes a lot of like collecting plates, commemorative plates, creative spoons, hoarders, snow globes, sure. stamps. I'm, for sure. What What do you gain what from collecting? St- I, like, I don't get it. I I really don't. But people, some people love that. You I know? love it though. I I love I love your, to hear what you're saying though because. Um, so have you ever heard of like magic cards? Yeah. Magic cards are like- Dude, a- I live right next to Card Kingdom in Ballard. Oh, re- oh my yeah. God. Oh, yeah. We gotta hang out. No, yeah, <laughs> for sure, man. Well, so I, I grew up playing magic with my little brother. Yeah. Sixth, sixth grade, uh, we got magic cards at grade school. Yeah. And I was hooked. And so probably from like sixth grade all the way through maybe even 11th or 12th grade. Yeah. For sure. So it's probably a good six years of my life. And my brother, it's a, magic cards are a game of, of um, it's like a competitive game. Like, yeah. A, like a, there's a winner. Yeah. Um, my brother, four years younger than me, mm-hmm. way better at the game. Mm. And it turns out, so, and like, he was, while he was way better at the game, I was much more interested in collecting and having huh. card sleeves. Interesting. And like, just the way our personalities came yeah. out. And so we both enjoyed playing with each other. Right. But he knew that I was more of the collector. I knew mm. he was more of like the, the gamer. Mm. And it's like, what am I doing? Like, what what kind of joy, I would ask myself, is it bringing me to have things collected in an order where I know everything, where it is, or like this is a limited edition. And so whether it's like a plate or this or that, I've really become aware of like, the influence that possessions have over me, huh. right? And yeah. like the way that, like, why do I, you know, I love having books. Yeah, I love having a bookshelf. Yep. And a, but I'm like, you know what? I'm attached to this thing. Oh yeah. I'm collecting it, and it's. I feel like an ape or a chimpanzee collecting like pretty rocks. Yeah. Or like pretty pieces of fruit. Ah, you're right. Put it in like. You nailed it. Yeah. yeah. It's like, what am I doing? Yeah. yeah well, and it. is it a primal thing or is it a human consciousness thing? Ah. Is it a, is it like it like something that humans have adapted and changed yeah. over time, or is it something that's been with us for? A long time. I I don't I don't know because we see you see some animals doing it in nature. Yeah, and also this sort of attachment to something that we're talking about is the next step of evolution in human history, the detachment, where we release this thing that ties it. us to our it. possessions. Yes, you know, because now I know a lot of people who are touting the philosophy. You know. Chase experiences, not material things. Yes, sir. Go For see things sure. that'll shape you and better you as a person. You know, and it's not always good stuff. Sometimes, like losing your passport in Romania and like getting jumped in Russia or something like that could you be wish one it of the on mo- somebody, but but it could be one of the most formative things in their life for sure. Yeah, and to me, like my my I I was obsessed with cards too when I was younger. It was yeah. uh, it was um. 
baseball cards, uh, football cards, Pokemon cards. Nice, nice, um, nice, nice, nice. No Magic the Gathering uh, or anything like that, but it was MLB Showdown, which Ooh. really got me hooked. And that goes back to my baseball obsession, right? Uh, but I, I had this uh-huh. weird, like, extension of my playing obsession, like, in this yeah. card form. You know, and it was like rolling dice and, you know, and that sort of thing. Like, I learned a lot about the game, like, the, the strategy and that sort of thing. But at the same time, I look back on it now and I look at all the time that I spent staring at like a glossy binder page of totally. like three by three and i would like highlight sections. in the magazine yeah. like if i had that card totally like how much time i spent yeah well and now i think about it and sometimes i stop myself when i'm like watching something on netflix and i'm like no no i'm not gonna accumulate this knowledge of a benign tv show good like, for I, I'm, you. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna move past this and go do something that's else. so yeah. hard it really is dude and, that's and, kudos yeah well i i slip up all the time no, no, I, no, no, i feel but, like i'm wasting my time watching things on netflix you know? well but so no it's like a hard. It's a, it's, there's a delicate balance because it's like, um, on one hand, we, you want to relate to other people. Yeah. And so if other people are all talking, whether it's to talk about the latest Shakespeare play mm. or the latest Greek tragedy yeah. or the latest sports game. Yeah. There's something or the latest um, Netflix drama. Yeah. There's something to oh, like we can share the same language. Yeah. When we talk about this thing. Yeah. At the, at the same time, though, it's like I don't like. If you're only talking about things that you've also consumed, yeah. Now you're going to have a certain kind of dialogue, huh. discourse. Versus if we talk, if our conversation is about things we've both shared or discovered, yeah. or experienced, yep. While having, while seeking out those new things, like you're saying, totally. Now our now our conversation will be a little bit different, yeah. Because not not just like recalling the things we've consumed, it's recalling the adventures we've had. There you go. And now I'm not just getting information about your. Um, your trip, yeah. I'm getting information from about you as a person. Totally, and, and how was, you reacted to things. And that, yeah, that's a yeah, rapport yeah. building thing right there. Yes, that is totally conducive to building a community, which goes back to our primal yes. urges. Yes, you know? And yes, so we're like sir, adapting yes, to suit our primal urges and yes, we're evolving sir. into a better version oh. of ourselves. And I just want to point out one thing, though, uh, in terms of like tribal implications. Is baseball... Like not the single most tribal sport you've ever ah. like seen in the world. I mean, think about it. Like you're playing with skinned cow with <laughs> with like a fibrous string. Throw you're basically throwing rocks at other humans, and the humans are defending themselves with sticks. You know, and then I love it. No, for I love that. And then, that and then you're playing like sure. you're playing like mind games with like the catchers like stealing bases and things like that. And it's like running from a bush to a rock and that sort of thing. And it's just I I can't stop thinking about like cavemen I, and like early tribal warfare when I'm watching baseball. You blew my mind for sure. Yeah. Well, I'm not the first person to come up with no, that but, either. But, but, uh, George Carlin had a lot of that oh, uh, no, in I some of it. his I comedy cause routines. Because I, I don't. Because it's like the uh, it's I don't get like the pack mentality. Like, but it, it's like they were able to remove the, like, that, you know, like the the scrum, right? Like yeah. in, in rugby. Yeah. Like they were able to remove that kind of thing, yeah. but still have it be represented on the field. Totally. Right? Like, it's yeah. all, oh, I love it for yeah. sure. Like, well, and I, I think all sports beauty. are just a way for us to pretend to kill each other. Oh, you know, yeah, and yeah, we yeah. talked about that. We talked about the release like that. And that was the big thing for me when I was a kid. I just, you know, aggressive, a lot of energy and sports and baseball, that sort of thing. I was a pitcher. So I got to throw something as hard as I possibly could. Love and it. that that release was just satisfying. Oh, for know? sure. Yeah. For sure, man. I mean, just that. Yeah. Just talk about them. Oh, Jeff, I could talk to you all day about the Mariners season, about your experiences growing up. Here, here's a question for you. Do you think the Mariners or the Tigers are going to have a better year this year? Oh, um, 
I'm gonna go with the Mariners. Mariners. Now, okay. Do I think uh, who do I want to have a better year? I'm gonna go with the Mariners. Okay. Uh, I don't know enough about the, the the squads. Yeah. But I know Detroit spends a ton of money. They do. They got. I think they're managing their second year. Okay. Uh, or second or third year. Yeah. But um, if you you know you got to put your money in defense or offense. Mm. I'm a de- I, I put it in pitching all day, man. Yeah. And Detroit is going the other way. They yeah. put a lot of their money. With offense, yep. so well they let go of David Price too. So they let go of David Price. Yeah. You know, I mean, so so we'll see. But no, yeah. I'm rooting for still got I, Verlander, but he he got shelled the other day. I don't know if you've been following his stat line. He got obliterated. If you ever have a guy who makes his money off of the speed, that's that's a dwindling aspect. Yeah, well, Felix is interesting though because his speed, his fastball has dropped four or five miles per hour in the last few years. And he's had to become more of a pitcher. There you his go. His best pitch used there to be a fastball. His best pitch now is his changeup. That's a great pitcher. Yeah. That's a, not that Verlander's not a well, great be, pitcher. He became. I'm just saying, Hernan. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He yeah, became yeah, a yeah. pitcher instead of a flamethrower. Boom. There yeah. you go. No, that that ability to adapt, man. Oh no, I love it. I love yeah. it. So, no, for all the sports fans out there, wishing you for a you know, happy season and uh, you know uh, enjoy yourselves, enjoy the game, and uh, for all of us here, uh, Seattle Central, I'm Ruth. I'm Jack. And we really appreciate you listening. Have a great week, everybody. Thank you very much.